I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Caravan Podcast, a show about Pakistan's startup ecosystem where we have intimate conversations with founders and investors driven to catapult Pakistan into the digital age. We'll discuss what it's really like to start a business, the highs and the lows, the setbacks, the comebacks, the lessons everything. I'm your host, as always, Ahmad Mia, partner at Caravan, a community-driven venture capital platform. Now, given the nascent ecosystem, there's a massive spread between the talent in the country and the resources that are available to support them. Our mission at Caravan is to close that gap by providing both capital and expertise at the earliest of stages. You can find more information about Caravan at www.caravan.vc. In this episode, I sit down with Jahan Ara, the president of Pasha and the founder of Nest.io a technology incubator and community hub launched by Pasha in Karachi. So without further ado, let's get straight to Jahan. So I am a Karachiite. I was born in Karachi. But at a very young age, uh, my father's job took him to Hong Kong. And so the whole family moved with him to Hong Kong. And that's where I grew up. So I spent the next 20 years in, in Hong Kong. And uh, then my father moved to the UAE for about five years. And so all of us moved to the UAE. Uh, But I did my um, undergrad from Karachi, from St. Joseph's College. So very much back in the center of things here. But when I came back, I was working for a media uh, marketing company in Hong Kong. And when I came back, um, I joined uh, Zahir Alam Kidwai and Sabine Mahmood. And we started uh, enabling technologies, uh, which was a multimedia interactive. One of the, it was actually the first interactive multimedia content company in Pakistan. And we did some amazing innovative things. You might have heard of the Fez interactive CD, Fez MF Fez, and that was created by enabling technologies. We did, uh, we created a CD on um, the 50 years of art in Pakistan, and similar things. So it was, you know, it was really very interesting work. And it was a very small team of about four people who learned and did whatever needed to be done. So it was like self-education. Let's see, how do you do this? How do you edit a video? How do you do that? And then, but it was so much fun. Yeah, and we worked late into the night. Some days we didn't even go home. We just spent the time in the office. Our office used to be in Bath Island and, uh, it was a house, so we could just consider it home. Um, so that was where it all started. I joined Pasha because I felt that because it was an interest industry association and we were on the periphery of what was IT. It was we what we were doing was technology. So I joined it as a member and uh, that was extremely interesting because there was a lot of... Uh, debate and a lot of talking about what was needed and and we weren't considered an industry at that time. I'm talking about the mid nineties. So that's a long time ago. Um, We had to get the government to take us seriously and all of that. And I would, I was the only woman 
amongst all these male members of Pasha. And because I was so vocal and I kept telling them that you're not doing what needs to be done, you know, you need to do this or do that. So when the president of the association, when the chairman of the association um, decided that he was no longer going to be uh, their president, actually, that he was no longer going to be president, a group came to me and said, well, you're always talking about what we should do or what we shouldn't do. So why not take up the post and, and make the changes that you want to make? And so I was sort of stuck. <laughs> and I did that, but I enjoyed it. You know, as president of Pasha, I went across the country. We held a career expos. We started a program called Pasha Launchpad. And this was years ago. This is before incubators, accelerators, or anything had been heard of. Essence began, you know, of technology and that whole community came. Yeah, because I went and I met so many young people in Lahore, in Islamabad, in Karachi, who were doing such amazing things and nobody had heard of them. So we started talking about them. I started holding these events. You know, Farhan Masood, who created Solotech, I literally forced him into taking, a, you know, into competing in the Pasha Launchpad event in Karachi, in, in Lahore, and he won. And that initial amount of money that he won, he put towards the company. And look where he is today. Similarly, you know, there were lots of other uh, startup founders that came to the Pasha Launchpad program just to be recognized and to get advice. You know, we had judges like uh, Zafar Khan and, and Badar Khushnood and Jawad Farid, all people that the startup ecosystem respects. And they were giving them advice, asking them questions about what they were working on and not all of that. It was just amazing. Then we also had started a program called Startup Insiders. Um, and uh, what happened there was that people who had done something, achieved something or failed at something uh, would make themselves available. And young people who wanted to try their hand at entrepreneurship would come and come into a room in Karachi, Lahore, Islamabad and ask fire questions at them that look, this is what I want to do, but this is my fear. And what do you think? What is the next step I should take? It was so much fun. It was so interesting because this was something that was needed. Nobody was talking about entrepreneurship at that time. And although there were people, I mean, even before incubators and accelerators who were starting companies and growing them, uh, it just was not a subject that was commonplace. Mm. But then it became commonplace. Like, and, it's very interesting to see that like looking at what you do and, and, and hearing the story of how you kind of get into this, getting everyone together, getting everyone riled up around, around entrepreneurship and around startups. This is, this is the precursor. This is beautiful to kind of hear. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it was fun. And then we were also involved in uh, the policy area. So remember when Facebook was banned or when YouTube was YouTube, banned, yeah. Uh, you know, we took up the mantle and talked about it because the IT industry as such never looked at policy at that stage. Uh, they didn't, and also the, the normal business community never thought it impacted them. Uh, so it was our job to tell people that, look, if this policy comes into place, this is how you will be impacted. So we created little videos and said, okay, if you're a teacher, this is how it's going to impact you. If you're a CEO of a company, this is what's going to happen to you. If you're a medical practitioner, this is what 
what this law means. And so we got people involved in policy making and feedback and stuff like that. And then when Facebook was banned, we, we started talking about that and saying that, look, it, this is our right to have all these platforms available to us. And the government should not take away that right just because some idiot put up content that we do not approve of or that we find distasteful uh, does not mean that we take away that right from the young people of this country who use these platforms, right? So I think that advocacy is something that all of us need to continue to do. 100%. And I'm glad to see more and more young people are doing it because this is their platform. This is what they use to make money, to create profiles of themselves, to, to push their businesses forward, to talk about issues that concern them. So I'm so glad to see that young people have taken on, you know, these communities that have formed. It's really amazing what, uh, you know, young people in Pakistan are now doing. And I now need to just sit back and watch them and be happy that, look, you know, they are much smarter than we used to be. We used to be <laughs> quite innocent in the sense that a lot of things that they are aware of right away, we, we found out through trial and error. So uh, it's amazing. And then, of course, um, about five and a half years ago, uh, we started the Nest IO. Um, and the reason for doing that was because, you know, Plan 9 had already started in Lahore and um, Lum Center for Entrepreneurship had just started. Karachi is a city of 25 million people and there was nothing here. And there was so many young people who used to come, come to us and say, hey, I want to do this. And you head Pasha and would you be able to give me advice? And so a group of us got together and said, listen, something is needed here, a community space where people know that they can come and we will help them with the missing gaps, you know, how to turn an idea into a business. And also remember that a lot of these youngsters have no network. Yeah. Their only network is their family or their friends. So when they start a business, there is a lot that they need to do. They need to connect with people. They need to sell it to someone. They need to know about pricing. They the need to so many things. So we were able to connect them to our network. And that network then connected them to their network. So there were a lot of mentors of specific areas who came in to help. You know, Pakistan, that it's so delightful that when you need help and you reach out, all we did was say, we need mentors. You know, there are young people who need help, who need advice. Who wants to help? There were so many people who volunteered. And this continues to happen. You must see that all mera, across the country. Mera, mera, yeah. What I see is like a lot of people want to help, but they don't know how to help them, or how to structure them, which is exactly what you're saying, that you platform where you're able to connect the two needs, one to teach and the other to learn. Yeah. And then the fact that Google, uh, so Badal Kushnud introduced me to um, this team from Google who was visiting at the time and Mary Grove who used to head uh, Google for entrepreneurs at that time said, you know, if you had one wish, what would you do? <laughs> you know, what would you ask for? And at that time I said, you know, there are a lot of young people who want to create social impact startups, but they don't have the money to invest in order to even get to proof of concept. So she gave us the money to start the Pasha Social Innovation Fund. And through that, we, you know, invested 
$10,000 each in several ideas. One of those was Marhor, which now you know Sidra and, and uh, Vakas are doing such amazing things. So it's not because of the money. It was because they had the talent, they had the passion. And they went on and lots of people helped them, uh, including now uh, Atif Awan and Yusuf Jan, lots of people who are involved with them to give them advice, to invest in their company. And of course, they learned along the way. But you know, at a particular time, sometimes it is just a small thing, a, a voice of support, uh, just somebody saying, I believe in what you're doing. And that's important. And then the reason for the nest also, you know, founders, a startup journey is very, very difficult. It's not easy. You know, we glorify it and say, hey, I'm not going to work for anyone else. And I'm going to just do my own thing. And I'm going to work when I want to work. And I'm not going to work when I don't want to work. Hey, you work 24 hours a day when it's your own business, yeah. right? And you go through so much heartbreak. You have so many problems, whether it's co-founder issues, whether it's running out of money, whether it's nobody believing in what you're doing, whether it is, you know, failing at the first or second or third attempt. You need someone, you know, a shoulder to cry on, somebody to just rant at, uh, somebody who will just listen to you, maybe not even give you advice, because very often you know what you need to do next, right? But you want somebody who's not going to judge you. And so that's what we are. So we turned into, I turned into a counselor more <laughs> than anything else. And I never thought that was what I was meant to be. But it has built a community around me of people who care about each other, who support each other, who actually are there for each other. They work on businesses together. They uh, provide each other with advice. So now, even if I step back, I have created a community at the nest of people who will be there for each other regardless. And that is such a warm feeling. I'm so happy about that. And now with the other incubators and accelerators, we have a large community of people and ecosystem that is there to support anybody who wants to try out an idea. Now, we still don't have enough uh, incubators and accelerators to help everyone who's going to want advice or who wants to start a business. There are many people who are starting really great businesses without going through any of these incubators and accelerators. So, and good luck to them. Sometimes I get visits from young people from anywhere across the country who are here and say, would you give us 15 minutes or half an hour of your time? We just want to come and talk to you about what we're doing. And if I have the time, I say, yeah, of course. I don't always have the time. And so sometimes people get upset. Okay. You know, she doesn't want to see us. <laughs> but, you know, I try very hard to make the time. And it's so good to see that so many people are thinking of doing so many interesting things, so much innovation going on. Uh, I'm just so excited because Pakistan has one of our best, you know, things is the young people in this country. Yeah. And, and we and have so many of them. The majority of our population is under, under 30, yeah, right? Yeah, 65, 70% of yeah. people and the pain that I felt initially was not enough women was finding the, were starting businesses. But now look at, you know, look at all the women across the country who are starting businesses, growing them, showing what they, they can do and it's, getting it's, an investment. <laughs> sorry, please go on. Yeah. And getting investment finally, because initially yeah. women were not getting investment, but now they're beginning to 
raise investment locally as well as internationally. It'll take more time to get to, you know, people say we don't have any unicorns, although now, thank God, Zameen is a unicorn. Although somehow you would not fit them in the same space as yeah. the rest of us. But it's beginning to happen. And just give our young people a chance and opportunity and they will show you what they can do. It, it, it's completely that, right? Like we, even our, our thesis at Caravan was there's a lot of talent in the country but a lack of resources to support them, right? And, and I think our job is to find ways of, of closing that gap and in, in different ways, whether you're a VC, whether you're a mentor, whether you're um, an incubator, whether you're an angel investor, which allows you to kind of really come together and, and unite this, this community and, and bring people together to kind of form these, these companies of the future. John, what, I would, what, what I'd be very curious to kind of realize is what was that moment when you started to realize that community and culture, like you, you, like it shows, you know, like how much importance is What was that factor that made you realize how important community is? So, you know, when I started the uh, first, the Pasha Launchpad program, even the career expos that we used to have across the country where mentors used to make themselves available for counseling of students who didn't know which field of study to go into and all of that, I already began to see that that connection of people was important. And then when I started the Pasha ICT Awards, that's when I saw it all coming together. People were coming in, they were showing what they could do, then they were getting together, training, mentors were helping them, and then they were going off to a Far East destination to compete for the Epicta Awards. You saw how they came together, how they supported each other, how people like Jawad Farid uh, mentored them day and night to make sure they put up their best performance. Because the overall idea was to show off Pakistan. It was not to show off any individual. It was to show that Pakistan was a country where innovation was taking place. And our friends from the Far East, uh, from the entire Asia Pacific, in fact, then started saying to us, what are you feeding these guys? We never thought that Pakistan, you know, that software or IT was one of Pakistan's strengths. Yeah. But these kids, they come here, they pitch and they win. Or they put up such a tough competition that we know that they have brought together really innovative products, cutting edge stuff. And it was really amazing, you know, whether it was Zaydanam who is now working in AI and has got funding from VCs in Silicon Valley. He won uh, the Epicta Awards when he was only 17. And, you know, so everybody was really uh, flabbergasted at the kind of talent that was coming out of Pakistan. And that's what made us happy that, you know, this community is getting together. They're showing that Pakistan has something great to offer. I think that's when it happened. But when the nest started, I think that is when it all came together. Because when these founders came together, when they had their conversations, when I saw how they were, you know, a couple of them, unfortunately, when they became part of the nest, um, either a father, two of them, their parents, fathers died. And I saw that people from different batches, all the founders got together and were there to support them through every step of of the grieving period where, you know, where support is so necessary. Yeah. And that's when I knew that, you know, 
this is something that has happened that will never that will never change these guys are going to be there supporting each other amazing john when as a mentor as as a person involved in this ecosystem when someone comes when a young individual from university or high school or or or, or who's looking to start a company comes to you and asks you the question ke mujhe job karni chahiye mere paas yahan pe offer hai ya ke main mere paas ek idea mujhe ko shuru karna hai how do you convince them or tell them how do you make them understand justifying taking the risk of entrepreneurship so i'll tell you it's not my job to convince them to do one thing or the other actually it's their life right unko tay karna hai do you do you have what it takes to set aside a year of your life do you have the money that you need to survive during that period because remember most of the kids who come into uh, this area are just graduating out of university their parents have spent their entire savings on putting them through graduate school and now they're expecting they'll join a company and earn a great livelihood right but these guys are passionate and these young women now especially are very passionate to prove a point and to start a business that they can take somewhere but they realize ke ho sakta hai ke fail ho jaye they need to come into this knowing that so what yeah. i tell them is i ask them a few questions do you really want to do this why does it keep you up at night you know and do you have the money set aside for a year so that you won't starve you know if you're living with, so we have we are really very lucky because our parents don't throw us out the yeah. minute we yeah, turn culture is very different now yeah. <laughs> the culture is very different so if you have a roof over your head and your parents feed you then the only money that you really need is to travel back and forth to wherever you're going and the money that you need to buy anything that you need to build your business right uh, usually most of them start businesses with friends and so there are no salaries or, or anything involved at that stage so i ask them these tough questions that look do you understand that it's going to be tough and do you also understand that you could fail if you are going into this with your eyes wide open and you really want to try it that's your decision right and you are the only one who can make it i can say i'm here to support you to connect you to people to maybe help fill the gaps in your knowledge but more than that i cannot do it's your business you will have to start it you will have to grow it you will have to see whether it fails or not and then there are some startup founders who have started businesses failed with the first one the second one and then the third one really took off when that happens then it's great to see and when they fail then you're there to dry their tears and say okay it's all right you know do you want to try again or do you want to take up a job for a while and then try something else yeah. so you know so it really can... you can't tell them to become an entrepreneur and you cannot tell them not to yeah really it is that john if you could tell us about the most difficult and the most rewarding period in your personal journey so far and then how's you how have you personally grown through the hardships and 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 the difficult journey like the difficult periods of your journey getting to where you are today so the most difficult part i think was a personal the first a personal loss which was when my mother died it was like 
you know, she was so much a part of our lives that it was like, I didn't know what to do. That's when I really became driven and I went into Pasha and worked day and night and everybody used to say, she works all the time. Why does she work so hard? And it was just that I just did not want to stop to think about the fact that she was missing from my life. And then oh, it, I don't know when it happened. I mean, I still miss her a lot, but I don't know when the pain went away. It was just work, 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 and just making sure that things happened and just going to sleep after I was so exhausted that I couldn't do anything else. I think that challenge, and I think this is true for everyone who loses a parent. You know, that's something that you, you know, that unconditional love, that friendship that you have, you know, the, the memories, all of that, it's just something that you don't get over. And I was really attached to my mother and it was, it was just something that I thought I would never get over. It was really, it was shattering, but I got over it and I grew. And I think what I am today is basically what my father and my mother made me. So, you know, the most important part of who you are is your value system, right? So whether it's my integrity, whether it's my need to, you know, offer compassion or advice or be totally selfless in what I do, these are all things that I learned from my parents. I saw them and, and it was through their actions that they showed me yeah. that if anyone needed anything, they were there for them. And so I became a mini version of them, I guess. So uh, I don't know, not everybody does that. People have their own priorities and people become very different people. But I think I'm sort of a, very much a combination of both my parents and I'm happy to be that. I mean, I moved back from Hong Kong simply because my father had retired and they were moving back. And I have four other siblings who are in different parts of the world. I have three brothers, one in Hong Kong, one in London, one in the US. I have a sister who lives in Australia. And I had a great job in Hong Kong, but I decided to come back with them because I felt that, you know, they gave us everything, all our lives. And just when they need us, when they're old, none of us is willing to give up yeah. what we're doing to move back. So I volunteered and I said, listen, I can do whatever I want to do anywhere in the world. And so I came back and, and so joined uh, Enabling Technologies with uh, Sahil Kidwai. And I've never looked back. It has been the best decision I ever made. I think much of what I've accomplished in Pakistan and much of the recognition that I have received, perhaps I would not have been able to make that impact anywhere else in the world. Because there are so many opportunities in this country to make a change, to to help someone, there's just, you know, it is that opportunity just excites me. Each it's one incredible. of us can do so much, whether it's during the floods, whether it's to help a, an entrepreneur, whether it's, you know, COVID. There's so many entrepreneurs who are helping each other right now. It, it's just amazing to see. Yeah, it really is. It's really, it, one, it's fascinating times, but you're right. There is so much that we can do here. Um, yeah. What about the most rewarding? Would that be the rewarding part, what, the amount of stuff that you're able to do? Not 
really the amount of stuff. I think the rewarding part is, is the community itself. And that is, I think my legacy is the community I leave behind because I see them all the time and they, you know, you just, I remember once I hurt my foot and I was limping and one of them who was in the space saw that I was limping and he said, what happened to you? I said, I hurt my foot. And he said, well, sit down. And then some others went down and got medicine and bandages. They tied up my foot. They wouldn't let me drive. Somebody drove me home. Another one followed him so that he could bring him back. This is, you know, like I had never thought, I thought I'm away from my siblings. Now my parents are no longer around, but I don't need to worry. All I need to do is pick up the phone or for them to just sense that there's something wrong. If I'm not smiling, one of them will sit and say, okay, tell us. Who did what to you? <laughs> we take care of it, you know. Like, it's like having your own mafia. <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. Yeah. So Jan- that is really rewarding, I think. You know, it's, it's, I feel that I have such a huge family now and people that I can rely on. I love it. It's, it's so inspiring to kind of hear that. Then after, after Akhri Sawal, um, is if you could tell me about the three most important lessons that you have your journey mein ab tak. Okay. So I think the number one lesson would be that if you're really sincere about what you want to do, no matter what obstacles may come in the way, you'll get there. Eventually. It may not happen tomorrow but it may happen a few years down the road. So if you're really sincere in your efforts and really want to do something meaningful, it'll happen. Uh, second lesson is whatever you do in life, make sure that you're honest with yourself and honest with the people that you're dealing with. That integrity is something that cannot be replaced by anything else. And the third thing is, do something for someone else. In it, you will find the reward. Yeah. Don't always look at what you can get out of something. Look for what you can do for the people around you, for your country maybe, for your community. And you'll find that you will get back much more than you give. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have any comments, your feedback, please do send them my way. Mera direct email address hai amad at caravan.vc Warna aap humare baare mein aur information hasil kar sakte hain on our website which is www.caravan.vc or on Instagram. Um, our handle is at caravan.vc Until next time, Khuda Hafiz. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 